Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I am David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hi, David. Another episode. Yes. Hopefully another conversation about how to make businesses emerge from their peers. Amen. When better managed, when well-run businesses, when businesses are well-run, they emerge from their peers. Yes, they do. And Eric, perhaps that is true at times, no more true than at times when we're in a downturn. Yep. Which is where we are. Which it looks like it's happening, <laughs> right? So, so like we like to say, we want to record content here that is timeless, that is valuable in any phase or time in history or phase of a business cycle. But today, I think we're talking about something that is pretty timely with what's going on. So if you're listening to this today, I think it'll be very timely. If you're listening to this later when there's amazing economic growth, which I hope is soon, this will still be valuable information. So what we're doing is we're talking about business turnaround, turnaround management, guiding your business through a downturn. This is going to kind of follow up on what we talked about in our last episode, but we're going now, I guess, more specifically just into turnarounds of businesses. Right. This will take a few episodes. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. And I think it, as you were saying, it's really timeless, but also timely because of kind of where, where we are in the current cycle of things. And so regardless, I think it's going to speak to what can we do as, as management in these particular times or when there is the need and the observation that there's a need for a turnaround. And that could be very driven by the economy. Mm-hmm. It can be driven by poor management, or it can be a combination right. of the two. Right? Absolutely. And so I think we'll get into, so today, let's talk in general, not because in general is less valuable, but I think sometimes it's even more valuable when you talk high level about just why turnarounds are needed, why businesses fail, and then we'll get more specific later. I think we can talk later about the stages of a yeah. business turnaround. What we'll, we'll bring in. We really like numbers, Eric. You've got an accounting training. I've got finance training, engineering, right? So I think we, you and me certainly are comfortable with numbers. Yeah. And, and we'll get to that. Yeah. There are things like Z-score and some other metrics that yeah, we can use metrics. to try to understand yeah. where a business might be in its risk of failure. Right. But, but for now, let's just talk about, in general, why businesses fail. And, and just, Eric... I don't know if you saw, I was reading just in the last few days, I think bankruptcies in 2023, I forgot exactly what it was, the stat, but they're outpacing, they're, they're at a higher rate now in 2023 than they have been in like 10 years. Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me, given everything going on. There's a credit crunch starting to happen. Rates are going up. Businesses have gotten used to business models with low interest rates. Right. Rates are going up. They're just now existing in a world that they have not had to exist in in 30 years or so. 
It's kind of like uh, what's Warren Buffett saying? We've mm. we've said yes before about economic down cycles. It's when the tide goes out. Right. You find out when everyone is, or you find out who has been swimming naked. Swimming naked. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So now now's the time that uh, we're gonna we're gonna see how many people were swimming <laughs> naked. So, uh. <laughs> and, but Eric, I think that ties in though because when we talk about well, why is this happening and why do businesses fail because. We could, as managers of businesses, can get really, it can be easy to blame someone else, right? Oh, that was because of the economy. It was because of the government, right? And there's all these reasons for, external reasons for failure. Sure. So it turns out, though, that the the data shows, and, and we'll cite some of this here in just a sec, but that, you know, if you were doing okay when the tide was up, you were still naked, Right. <laughs> it's and uh, it's just that when the tide goes back down, that we actually fi- it becomes revealed. Right. <laughs> so it's not that you had a healthy business before. You could have had an unhealthy business. You might have just gotten away with it. Right. In a growing phase of a of a business cycle. Right. 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 But uh, it does not mean that you had a strong business or you were running your business well. It might have been you just got away with something. Right. Yeah. And we're not able to. While we often use it as our means for our own comfort, we want to blame the tide going out is where the real problem was, not the fact that I was right. swimming naked. Right. <laughs> and we do that because it's easier. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, I'd rather be someone else's fault, rather not be me, my poor decision making, so yeah. I blame someone else. Yeah. But So I just want to quote a couple of things from the book Corporate Turnaround. This book by Donald Bibelt. I hope I'm getting that last name pronunciation Bibelt, correct. Yeah. It's probably uh, one of the top books in the turnaround management world when I was working on my certified turnaround analyst designation for the Turnaround Management Association. (laughs) A lot of words there. This book was one of the core books that kind of formed a lot of the material around it. And it's an older book published in the early 1980s, but it's still, the information in this book is timeless, I would say, right? It still (laughs) applies. And what was going on in the early 1980s that's also going on today? Ooh. Inflation. Inflation. Right? And so this book is written in the same environment. Now, obviously, technology is not in the same place back then, but a lot of the macroeconomic dynamics were happening then the same as they're happening now. Yeah. Yeah. And so he says, he talks about, well, where is business failure because of internal or external reasons? And so this is not just from David and Eric, although I'd like to think we can be a resource for people. This is from someone else who's got better credentials than us. And uh, he estimates that only 21% of business failures are because of external reasons. External being? Like economic economic change, government change, competitive change, social change, Mm -hmm. right? Society just changes taste over time, right? The new technology comes out, right? And suddenly... I guess your horse and buggy business is not competitive anymore, right? When the new technology comes out, when an automobile Mm -hmm. comes out, right? So that's only 21%. And this is a really good thing. And he's actually quoting some other research, though. He calls fair size companies, companies 30 to 300 million in revenue, right? Maybe we call those mid-sized companies. Mid-sized, 30 to 300 million in revenue. I would bet this is also true of businesses with 10 million in revenue. But he found that... I'm looking for the word here, the exact sentence. I'm not finding it. But essentially, he was saying that those businesses, they outperformed even the better giant corporations in bad times when they were well-managed. 
Mm. So some good news here, and this is a quote right from right from him. He says, "Good management can offset poor economic conditions." Yeah, that's good news and that's bad news. <laughs> the bad news is you can't go blaming your Somebody business else. failure on yeah. everyone else. Like like I think I quoted in our last episode of the episode before, like you know blaming the business on your business failure on the government is like a ship's captain blaming the ship sinking on the weather. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we don't like when the government puts a new regulation or prints too much money, but we have to realize as entrepreneurs, as business managers, this is going to happen. Like for a captain to like not anticipate a storm, yeah. that's crazy, right? It's coming. Yeah. You have to be resilient, ready to do it. So the, the bad news to this statement is that we're not off the hook easily. We can't just blame the government and yeah. say, oh, well, yeah. no, it actually it was you. <laughs> but the, the good, good news, news is you can, despite poor economic conditions. Have a positive. Have a positive impact. thing. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's good and that's bad. And and actually, Eric, people may be familiar with, we'll put this in the show notes, but the Altman Z-score, I know mm-hmm. I, I use it often, right, is an indicator, indicator of individual businesses' likelihood of, of going into bankruptcy, right? Right, right. That's, that's the most popular measure, I think, that Edward Altman has created. But there's a lesser known measure out there that he also created. I don't know the exact name of it, what he used, but what it is, it's a measure we call it an empirical mm-hmm. measure empirical being that this is not there's no theory that comes up with this what edward altman did was he looked at a whole lot of data mm-hmm. and he looked at correlations, correlations the data right. and said wait right. i can fit a formula around this that seems right. to accurately predict that a business might fail so in his z score he's predicting an individual business failing this other measure he uses he's actually predicting just the number of businesses failing in an economy. Mm. So this is a way to just look at what's going on in the economy today and how many business failures might we expect to be seeing. There's three variables that he has in his formula. I won't read the whole formula. We'll put that in the show notes. But the variables are change in gross national product. So that's a pretty good macro as the country is creating (laughs) more gross national product or less, right? Another is change in the standard and poor index of common stock prices, right? So that's pretty obvious one right there. Most people think stock market going up or down Mm -hmm. eventually translates to something going on on Main Street, right? Wall Street often (laughs) impacts Main Street. The other one, which is a surprise to most people, but I think people like you and I, Eric, this is not a surprise at all. Is the third variable in this business failure equation here, number of businesses we can expect to fail, is the money supply, mm. the change in the money supply. We haven't been having much of that <laughs> in, oh. the, in the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is an ominous, yes, it's an ominous equation here because yeah. as we know, it's been historical changes in the money supply. Yeah. So if this formula does indeed hold still, then some people would say, well, hang on, money supply has been changing for 10 years. We haven't had business failures for 10 years at high rates. We've had periods of business failure. But the question is, is this some going to catch up with us at some point? Right, right. And what's going on today, the beginning of that, we don't know. But certainly what's going on today is not a good thing, right? Well, yeah, but, but you think about it. What, and this is like exacerbating the issue of the money supply, but what has happened in the last several years when we've had problems in the economy or, you know, things that were devastating, what did the government do? The government just started printing money and Mm -hmm. giving money 
away, if you right. will. It wasn't free money, but but it was printing money. So the money supply is going up. It was masking the underlying issues around the likelihood of uh, business failures, if you will. Mm-hmm. The government just was was bailing everybody out. Right. That's mm-hmm. been going on for the last several years now, with COVID and everything Absolutely. else. I mean, it was it was mm-hmm. with, more stimulus, more stimulus, more stimulus, more stimulus, more stimulus, and so the government can kind of mask the impact or the likely impact of that correlation. And they have been doing that for the last several years. At some point in time, that's going to stop. Right, the punch bowl gets taken away. Yeah. The addict has to deal with withdrawal. And wow, the question I have is, is that formula or that correlation going to be show even greater correlation, if you will, because of all the things right. that the government has been doing That's right. in the last couple of years. Absolutely. And, you know, I think my suggestion you, is yes. I, I would I would say you're probably right, Eric. I don't want you to be. <laughs> I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to be right. But I have a feeling and, that I will be. And an analogy I've heard before that fortunately I have zero personal experience with is a heroin addict. Right. Like a lot of short sighted commentators these days, if you read in the media, they will talk about oh, the problem is the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates and therefore they are causing this recession. As <laughs> if if only they would just lower the rates back down, we'd be okay, right? When If you look at a little bit longer time frame, you can see, right, really what's happened here is the economy's been getting doses of heroin, doses, you know, right? We've become a drug addict. We're addicted to low interest rates, yeah. right? So a heroin addict comes in and to tries to get recovery, what we don't say is what you need is more heroin, right? What we say is the patient is, yes, you could keep giving them more heroin and it will look like they're okay, but you're actually killing the patient, yeah. right? Often what they need is a hard dose of withdrawal or some other different drug to help that them through that withdrawal. very, very painful as right. I Either way, No experience it, it, again, but- It will but, be painful. Yeah. Unfortunately, we know people who do have experience yes. with that, right? And, yeah. and it, it will be a painful process, yeah. but it's what's necessary to get you back to healthy. Yeah. So say, it's not the Federal Reserve raising interest rates that is causing the recession. The, the, the underpinnings of the recession were caused when interest rates were at zero for 10 years. We're yeah. just now pulling the punch bowl away. We're pulling the heroin away and it's not fun. Yeah. Right. But so getting back to, though, economic decline, we already discussed, it's usually the internal reasons that are the reason, even despite all this crazy shenanigans going on in the economy. I'll read another quote from this book here. This is uh, Donald Bibel quoting someone else, Robert Brown. And he says, obviously, the primary cause for decline is bad management. Hmm. The main reason why corporations get into trouble is failure to recognize the signs when things are starting to rot at the core. And so I think to mm. me, that's that's a hard-hitting sentence there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not the only reason for decline, but it's the primary cause for decline. Is And, and there's internally, there's several internal reasons. But the number one internal reason that a lot of people see that I, I believe you and I have probably experienced when we've seen tr- businesses in trouble is bad management. Mm-hmm. I would like to say I have been a perfect manager. I'm certainly, I've learned a lot from experience. I've been <laughs> that bad manager before. I hope I've made all my mistakes. Eric, talk to that a bit. I mean, I, what do you see as far as how management affects? I mean, obviously we talk about this in the whole podcast, but. I think all of us could probably relate to is about the low interest rates, the historically low interest rates that we've had in the past, that when you have that, 
you make this business decisions, maybe to borrowing with very, very cheap money. And some of those were bad decisions that, you know what, if, if, if over-levered. They, oh, they're yeah, over-levered yeah. or, you know, that was just a stupid idea. I mean, we, we, we just, we didn't think it through. We didn't, we didn't, we just, but we said, ah, what the heck, you know, cheap money, no reason why not to go forward with that. Mm-hmm. And so we just make just rash decisions, if you will, uh, and invest or go down paths that had we just put in a little bit more discipline to ourselves mm-hmm. by saying, you know, well, hold on a second, there's more risk in this. Mm-hmm. If we would have been a better assessor of that risk, so to speak, we might not have made that same decision. And I think that's just one example, right. if, if you will. And that was more that that heroin addict kind of uh, approach to business that, you know, it's almost like anybody could have done some good deals with a low interest rate environment right. because the riskiness was was a lot less. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have that. And, and some of those things that are maybe were short-term finance and now all of a sudden they're, they're continuing to need to be refinanced at now much higher interest rate. Now the inherent, true inherent risk is coming out. Right. And mm-hmm. we say, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Right. Or how do I get out of this? And I think there's going to be a lot of folks that are being faced with those types of decisions. Absolutely. So that would be an internal decision made given the, I guess, the external environment out there, right? And it's very difficult. If you're a manager of business and interest rates are low, do you say, ah, they shouldn't be that low. So therefore, let me let me not take advantage of the cheap financing and build this project out when everyone else is doing it? Very difficult. Like I could sit this out and everyone else is going and making bunches of money with this cheap money. And I'm not. Principally, I'm right. I'm not growing. They are, right? So yeah. it's, it's not easy, right? You know, just thinking about other internal things, uh, trying to just carve out external things, just pure internal things. Mm-hmm. We'll just cover maybe one or two here, Eric, and then we can pick up next sure. time. Yeah. You know, obviously one is incompetence, right? You could just have managers who just ended up in the position that, and they shouldn't be in this position, right? They just don't know what they're doing. That's mm-hmm. through their political connections. They ended up in charge of a company. Sometimes through family connections, they end up in charge of a company. Mm-hmm. And they just don't have the skill set. They just don't know what to do, how to anticipate this, right? That's a pretty obvious one that we can often see, right? And say, wait mm-hmm. a second, this is just not the right person here. But another really big one that we see that's really brought a lot of businesses down is having what we call just a one-man rule right? Some authoritarian leader. This is tricky. This is something we can unpack maybe more later is that there's a balance here between a business needs a strong leader who can guide, set the cadence, set the tempo, guide the direction, but also needs a leader who can take into account the feedback and the input mm-hmm. from the people on their team, sure. from the community, right? And we see all sorts of examples of business leaders who are amazingly strong, who led their organizations actually to great things, but then later led their organization right into failure because they got this ego, right? That just said, right. I right. know what I'm doing. I've got the right decisions. I make all the decisions. You yeah. guys just do what I say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then you get this group, you hear like the yes men, right? The next layer of manager just becomes people who say yes, because yeah. if they don't say yes, they get fired. They want to keep their jobs. They just... right. Say, right. boss, that was a great idea. No, yes. no, I, it was some, some people speak to it as a collaborative style of leadership. You still have to have the decision maker who is the final decision maker. But I'm always a big proponent of a very collaborative process. 
and then, you know, holding each of us accountable for the decisions that we make collectively as a group to move forward. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, somebody's got to take the ultimate ownership of that. But I think the ones who take the ownership and then just kind of ram it down people's throats, so to speak, sometimes those folks have been very, very successful, but you also have a lot more risk, I think, Mm -hmm. in in that type of situation. So I think a takeaway from this episode, I think, could be if your business is declining, the problem is probably you. <laughs> yeah. And don't excuse it away. Really address what are you doing? Could you be doing better? Mm-hmm. And I say probably. It doesn't necessarily mean it is, but probably, just based on statistics, it is. And then thinking about, well, why is it me? What could I be doing different? Well, one could be this whole one-man rule thing. There's others. And let's so we'll cover those next time because I think we're running short on time here, Eric. Yeah. But there's some next time let's get into maybe some other internal factors that are affecting bad management. And then also, how do you recognize it, right? If you're an investor or you're someone on the outside, you're a banker, you're, you want to partner yeah. with this business, how do you recognize does this business have bad management or good management? We'll talk about some signs of that too. So. Yeah. yeah. And then, then I think beyond that, we can, we say, and then what do you do about it? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Plenty more to come, folks. Eric, let's get back to work. All right.